product market fit is always just a pivot away and you can go from having like one user signing up per week to like 10,000 users signing up per week. Hi everyone, you're listening to Scaling DevTools, the show that investigates how DevTools go from zero to one. I'm joined today by Ant from Superbase. And this is a really exciting day because I'm a big fan of Superbase. I use it on my projects. And I'm really excited to have Ant come along today. Ant, thanks so much for joining. Thanks for having me. Um, Ant, could you tell us a little bit about Superbase and about yourself? Definitely, yeah. Um, So Superbase is the open source Firebase alternative. Um, It's fully open source, so you can host it yourself. Um, it comes preloaded with Auth, which you can think of as like an alternative to Auth0. Um, real time, so you can stream changes to your database. File storage, so you can store images, videos, anything you need. Um, and it is just Postgres under the hood. Um, so it also comes with all of the amazing Postgres extensions that have been developed over the last few decades as well. Um, and for me, I'm uh, originally from Liverpool. Uh, I'm the founder and CTO of Superbase. Uh, this is my third startup. Um, and I've spent probably about 10 years um, just building hundreds and hundreds of failed prototypes and uh, until until we uh, eventually got some some love in the open, sa- open source community with, uh, with Superbase. Yeah, and that kind of leads us on quite nicely to the first question, which was I saw that you posted the other day that, was it in 2014, you read this book, Launchpad, in an airport and then that completely changed the direction of your your life yeah it, it's quite there's a, a funny backstory here so um when i was a kid i really wanted to be an archaeologist you know when people would ask you oh what do you want to be when you grow up you'd be like archaeologist you dig for dinosaurs and uh, pyramids and stuff and um but then you know there's no one in your life there's no one around you who is an archaeologist or has become an archaeologist. So it kind of just like died away. And then I found computers and got really into computers. Fast forward, I went to study for master's in London and a guy I was living with was studying Egyptology. And he was going on digs in Egypt, like literally digging up mummies. And I was like, wow, why didn't anyone tell me that this was a realistic like career path. I was so disappointed that no one like in my life was like, oh, this is what you want to do. Like you can go and do it. There's a path to, path to becoming an archaeologist. Um, so then when I, I, I always just think in terms then of like, you know, you need these people in your life who are like role models and, and can show you this like realistic path to the thing you want, thing you want to achieve. And then so since I was in, in uni, like studying computer science, I kind of had this dream then of starting startups. But again, like I didn't know anyone personally who'd started their own company and had this success. So you end up just then getting a job and working for other people um, until I picked up this book in the airport, which is the Launchpad. It's a, they zoom in on one of the Y Combinator cohorts and just basically describe what happens in the cohort. Um, and it just gave me that like clear path of like oh this is how you can like start companies and actually all you need is like a few friends and access to the internet 
like it reinforced the idea that like you don't need a lot to just start building well dev tools to start building your own own startup um and i just got so much inspiration from the stories in this book that it gave me what i needed to then just go in at the deep end and you know quit my job start trying to get involved in startups build my own um i kind of just started me on that path yeah that's amazing so it's like <laughs> yeah lucky that there wasn't a book about egyptology at yeah. some point there <laughs> look um and and so you have like a really like kind of unique way of doing things at Superbase. And it seems like that kind of came from a lot of those experiences that you had and very seemed very formed by YC as well. Um, could you tell us a bit about how you operate at Superbase? Yeah, I think like going back to the start was was very interesting because um, one important thing I learned from, from that book and from just, you know, reading PG's essays and all of this stuff is that like, product market fit is always just a pivot away. Like it, it always feels like it's kind of, it's there somewhere. It's just out of reach. It's just around the next corner. Um, and w- one thing I learned from those stories is that you can go from like having basically nothing, you you know, having five users signed up to your service. Um, and then you can make some small change in either the product itself or the go-to-market or the audience that you're trying to address, um, that can just change everything. And you can go from having like one user signing up per week to like 10,000 users signing up per week, um, kind of with these tweaks. Um, and that's kind of why I, I'm involved a lot now in in marketing at Superbase as well. Um, and it's always thinking about like, all right, you've, we've got this product which we think is amazing. But like, how do we talk about it? Who do we talk about it to? You know, it's it's kind of like, it's just a database at the end of the day. It could be used by really any type of developer. Um, but who are we really going after first and why? And just thinking those things through. So that's some more of the, the lessons I guess I learned from um, ultimately taking part in Y Combinator and, and all of the, the literature there, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting that you say that about like it's all that one one user a week is just one little tweak away to becoming the ten thousand users. Could you tell us a bit about like um, maybe like what it was like before you found that tweak, and then if anything changed afterwards in how you kind of did things? Yeah, definitely. So before we found the tweak, um, we were well, we we were marketing ourselves as real time Postgres. So we were big fans of Firebase. We'd used Firebase in our previous startups. Um, we were aware of some of the limitations and some of the things that people maybe didn't like about Firebase. And one thing is that it's proprietary. Um, and so we said, you know, we think Postgres is an amazing database, but what are the bits that are missing? Um, and the first bit that Koppel, my co-founder, built was the real-time engine on top so you could stream the changes into your front end. Um, and so we started marketing it as like real-time Postgres. But there's such a that's like such a niche audience compared to when we kind of on a whim changed the tagline to be open source Firebase alternative. But with the same product, basically. And it was like day and night. It was like fl- flicking on that switch 
That literally took us from eight hosted databases on the platform to 800 in three days. So like someone, one of our early users, like shared the website again on Hacker News with this new tagline, open source Firebase alternative. Um, and it just clearly like resonated with a much broader audience of, of developers um, and sort of does a better job of communicating really what this is supposed to be. Um, and the difference then is when you've got eight users, you're sort of like, you think you've got this amazing product and platform and you're like, people should love this. But your confidence is a bit shaken because you're like, oh, like, what are we doing wrong? To then when you have all these like hundreds of people signing up, you then have the confidence to be like, oh, this is awesome. This is great. And it should also do this. And we should also build this thing. And, you know, and then once you really like get that momentum is when it really gets fun. You know, you can start like, you know, we built the auth product on top. Um, we built the file storage product on top and you can really just uh, start running with it. And to be honest, since since that moment, it's also been just trying to keep up with the with the growth of the platform. And, you know, it's open source, so we just get like tons and tons of issues created every day and just trying to stay on top of it is is most of the most of the work. <laughs> yeah, actually, could I could I ask this? I think I asked Ramiro a similar question, but like how when you have such a kind of influx of like requests and tweets and all this sorts of stuff, like how do you like filter through and like prioritize and then also your own direction and vision? It's it's hard, man. It's hard because the bias is always towards like the last thing that you heard, right? Just naturally. Like you see a tweet, someone complaining about, oh, you know, I can't log in. I want to log in with Discord on OAuth, whatever. That just naturally becomes your highest priority because you've just seen it. So we've spent, we've put a lot of work into this like feedback mechanism. And it really is like a fire hose. So we get all the GitHub issues, GitHub discussions. Uh, there's a feedback widget on the website, um, support emails, uh, Twitter, like all of this. And it all automatically gets funneled into Notion. And then it gets piped to the relevant teams. So if it's auth related, it gets it ends up on the auth teams task board, and then they just get to triage it, and then they decide oh whether it's you know we've got have we got fifty people asking for this, or is it just a one off? And if it's a one off, maybe we'll keep it on the side until we get more requests. Um, so we've put this pipeline together. It's still a challenge, uh, just because there's just so much to triage. Um, but at least it's a little bit better than just reacting to the most recent request. <laughs> yeah, I can I I can imagine how hard that must be. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. And what happens if it's like a kind of general like requ request that doesn't like fit with like a team? It's so so it all goes into like a master um, database in Notion, and then it sort of gets tagged by the team, so it's still like viewable for everyone. Um, and and it also allows us then if it's if it's relevant for two or more teams, we just add multiple tags so that everyone sees it. Mm. Um, and yeah, actually, Notion's been pretty good. We've been able to to leverage it for quite a lot of in, internal processes where I guess previously you would have needed like specialized tools. Um, but yeah, it's been good to us. Yeah, 
Wow, that's really cool. So I, you talked about like kind of open source Firebase. And in my last job, we were using Firebase as a mobile app. And I remember hearing about Superbase like ages ago. It must have been really early. And it was like, it does resonate because when you're using Firebase, you're always thinking like, okay, this is not going to scale forever. It's going to get really expensive. It starts to not be the best tool. Um, and I think Superbase is like trying to be like the best tool at the beginning and the best tool like all the way through to the end. And that must also create some challenges because those users at the beginning are very different to the ones at the end. Um, and I wonder like how you're kind of thinking about balancing those kind of needs. And Yeah, definitely. Um, I think like the people we saw most recently who smashed this out the park uh, was Vercel, right? So Vercel came in and for the first time, well, not for the first time, but I think in terms of DX, um, it was the most impressive way to go from I'm just on my local machine to now I have this like globally distributed front end. And the key for me always in my head is like, if I end up on the front page of Hacker News, is my app or my website going to stay up? Like that's the test <laughs> because you go on Hacker News and then you just straight away get whatever, 10,000 hits. Um, so, well, that's the first test is like the Hacker News test. Um, and for Vercel, it's just, you just know you're not going to have to worry. Um, you know, it might cost you a little bit more, but, um, you know, it's going to stand up at least. And so that was the the first barrier that we sort of um, met with, with like Firebase was, you know, the certain technical limitations because of this NoSQL implementation. Um, and also like, and this isn't just for, for Firebase, but also for a few of the different cloud providers is this like surprise bill thing that everyone's terrified of right so if i do end up on the front page of hacker news am i going to get a, like a five grand bill at the end of the month um so addressing those needs at the start of superbase like saying like these are things that we definitely care about that we want to be that we want to make part of the product um was very important on the scalability side like my background actually is in uh, large scale storage systems so from the start, we the backend scaling just came a bit more naturally. So it's not something we had to like hire specifically for, you know, when we were a small team of like three or four people. Um, and a lot of the scaling problems were just from like, we would max out the number of subdomains we were allowed on AWS or on Cloudflare or whatever. And that they were the things that were actually breaking the app when when we when we'd have large amounts of traffic was just like our limits on various cloud providers. Um but for the for the users themselves, like I think the knowledge that it is just Postgres and Postgres can absolutely scale to to millions of users um is one thing we definitely want to communicate to people straight away um, and that's why like postgres is kind of prevalent in our marketing as well um because it is it gives developers that level of comfort right <laughs> yeah i think it's something you've done a really good job on and uh, like it's really clever how you kind of overcome that at the beginning no one wants to trust a startup but then you're kind of like oh, well you know don't trust us trust trust postgres and that's yeah. like you know it's really it's really cool how you did that, I think. Yeah. And what's really cool about Postgres as well is like they the pace 
of the Postgres development team is also extremely fast. Um, so we find ourselves like having to deploy a new version of Postgres basically every year. Um, because and, and we we actually we hire a couple of people to just contribute to Postgres core. Um because we also want to that's one of the long-term goals is just to make Postgres itself more scalable um and make it more scalable for everyone, not just Superbase. Um so yeah, so that just going back to the question, that combination of like DX and and scalability has just always been our like the the two main uh think of the bowling alley like the two main uh yeah not a very good analogy yeah yeah that's I, I know what you mean i know what you mean um okay and then one question that everyone kind of talks about i've had multiple sources tell me that you are the twitter um the, the meme lord on twitter uh could you confirm or deny this uh <laughs> rumor I won't confirm or deny it, but I will accept that I'm extremely passionate about the Superbase memes. Um, no, it's funny because it's, it is it is one of our most successful marketing strategies. And it's so funny because like basically someone did an analysis, actually an incredible analysis of our Twitter, and they broke down the whole strategy without even speaking to us. And, you know, they basically nailed it, got it spot on. Um, and then they shared it to Hacker News. And then the Hacker News comments started coming in. And people were like, yeah, I love Superbase. It's great. But I just wish they wouldn't post these stupid memes. Like, I don't know why they share these memes. Like, it's, And I just wanted to, like, write in the replies. It's because it works. You know, like, me, like memes are great. Like, you know, share them with friends, whatever. But we wouldn't be sharing them on the Superbase Twitter if they just weren't so damn effective, honestly. Um, and I think we're in a little bit of a unique position in the in the DevTools market where, like I said, Superbase can be used by any type of developer. You can be on PHP, you can be on Python, you can be on Jamstack. Um, it's, a, it's applicable to all, basically all, all developers. Um, and so we can just, as part of our marketing strategy, market developer culture and go for brand awareness that way. Um, so we don't need to be so targeted where we only talk about the benefits of Superbase. We can just basically say, you know, oh, isn't this a funny, isn't this funny about junior junior developers or senior developers or whatever? Um, and then we get brand awareness with some developers somewhere. Um, and it's, it's turned out to be quite effective because then taking this like impressions driven like marketing strategy um, means that then all of the search traffic we get is basically branded. It's people are searching for Superbase, Superbase Auth, Superbase, how do I do this, Superbase, blah, blah, blah. And so we don't have some of the same um, like marketing problems of to do with like SEO. We haven't, we haven't had to dive deep into like SEO optimization because we just get so much branded uh, traffic at the moment. Yeah, that's that's really a good point. Yeah, I think it was Jacob that did the uh, the report on Twitter. Was it? Um, yeah, he's he's been on the podcast as well. He's oh, nice. brilliant, brilliant. Um, yeah, it's and how did you like get to this point of? Was it like a kind of trial and error thing, or like you just the advice I give to any 
well, not just DevTools founders, but founders in general, is like you have to try every channel and you have to try every strategy to know what works. Before we started Superbase, we weren't Twitter users. Um, we didn't understand the platform. We just tried it out and we were like, oh, like this actually works. <laughs> and then it's like a case of, all right, what are the different styles of tweets? What are other people successful with? You know, like a little bit of memes, a little bit of like developer centric questions, a little bit of pushing the product um, and finding that blend over time. Um, and equally going to Reddit and, you know, testing out the strategy for different subreddits. It's all about, and we've tried all kinds. We've tried, you know, Instagram, TikTok, uh, in-person meetups and just learning the, you know, the efficiency basically of each channel. Um, we just kind of discovered what what worked and what didn't. Do you like look at kind of just general like awareness or do you kind of try and think about like kind of people creating a, a database or like, is there like? I think it's like you definitely need to be aware of the insertion point. So when, when it, what, exactly at what point in someone's day or action do you want them to think of Superbase? And for us, it's when they're starting a new project, right? And whether it's in work or whether it's on the weekend, it's a side project. It's like, I want to try out some new technologies this week. Like, what am I going to try? Um, and we need to make sure we're in, in the brain at that point. Um, but, so we do keep that in mind. But I think we take a more of like, just trying to be everywhere. And I think Swix did this um, a tweet a few months ago, which, which really solidified it for me, um, which was thinking about um, space repetition. So like just memory in general is you need to get your brand in front of someone on the Monday, on the Tuesday, on the Wednesday, on the Friday. And then it doesn't matter whether it's like Monday is Twitter, Tuesday is Reddit, you know, Friday is a podcast or whatever. It's just like you've got to cram as many, like just get your brand in front of these people and also make sure you're delivering the, the best message as well. So like you said about like open source Firebase and, you know, building a weekend scale to millions. It's like, that's just the message that's going everywhere all the time. Um, and maybe like if we're doing a specific product launch around um, auth, then we'll, you know, that'll be a slightly different message, but then we'll make sure that that's the message that gets pumped out in, you know, in the blog, on the, on the partnership announcements on whatever. Um, but it's just like, yeah, just trying to be everywhere. Yeah. It's, it, it makes sense. Cause I guess it's really hard to like insert yourself, as you said, at, at that point, otherwise, unless it's just like in someone's brain to think of Superbase for starting a project. Yeah. Lo luckily I'm not the only developer who gets distracted by Twitter every 20 minutes. So that's also why it's a good place because <laughs> you know, you're being inserted at every, every hour in the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And um, one thing I was thinking about when you were saying this is like, obviously there's like, like when people are starting a new project, but it must also be like, they're like considering switching or like getting frustrated with like, does that play into it at all? Um, it, it does. The thing with databases is they're very sticky. Like migrating your database for, for lots of reasons is, is a challenge. Um, something we've had success with is people migrating auth 
So if it's from Octa or Auth0 uh, to Superbase, it's a lot easier. We can just basically like um, import all of their users into the, the Superbase instance. Um, but for just a generic database workload, it's quite difficult actually. And it's, it's actually one of the things that makes us defensible as we grow as well is that we know um, it's harder to move away. Although again, like with the, the branding and positioning, um, it is just Postgres. And we let people know that if you do want to leave our platform at any moment, you just do a PG dump and then um, restore it in any other Postgres database and you're good to go. So that that's kind of a little like marketing edge for us. Um, but to answer your question, it's way easier to get people onboarded for new projects than it is for for migrations. Mm. So it's like you're more you more want to kind of like nurture the next like huge projects from from day one. Yeah, and and you know even within large enterprises, most of them have these internal development labs as well for new products. Um, so you can definitely get in with new products in larger businesses. Um, like we've had a bunch of success with that. Um, and and just to, you just reminded me to go back to the meme discussion earlier. Um, another reason it works actually is because, and and this is why people think memes are stupid, is they think I want to sell to the enterprise, and therefore I need to be really serious. But like, it's not the case anymore. You know, the developers who work in a large company of ten thousand people are just like me and you. They, you know, they grew up on the internet. They think memes are hilarious. Like, and that's who we're selling to. We're not doing like top down through the boardroom trying to sell to the CTO. It's all bottom up. And therefore, like, that's why it works because they are the same people who are trying to build a startup on the weekend or they've got these, you know, these side projects going on. Um, and I don't know whether it, it, if it was ever different, if maybe people that worked, worked at IBM were more serious or not. Um, but I think, you know, it, these enterprise devs are really just like everyone else. <laughs> yeah, that's such a good point. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, so they're not just these robot, very serious people. That's uh, good. Exactly, exactly. Um, and so again, it's, it's kind of like, it, it simplifies the messaging because when we say, you know, you can get started with a, a full Postgres instance in 60 seconds. Um, that applies for both someone starting a side project on the weekend and someone starting a new project within the larger organization. Um, and actually, that's often the biggest selling point because they are way more um, resource conscious. Like if you're starting a side project on the weekend, you accept the fact that I'm probably going to spend 200 hours or 500 hours or 1,000 hours over the next few weeks working on this. Um, but organizations have to justify that cost. Um, and so it's, it's, it's a big selling point for us, yeah. Yeah, that's really exciting. Um, and that kind of like ties in, I think, to the final um, question that I have. There's some questions coming from Twitter. Um, but as kind of a Superbase user, uh, what, what is the future um, and we also got, I should say, we also got this question from um, Jonathan Wilk. So what is, uh, what is the future of Superbase? Yeah. Um, so it, actually, there's a, I don't know if you've ever seen the Facebook red book, the little red book, the little culture book that they put out years and years ago. 
you can probably find it somewhere on Twitter. Um, I think Amjad from Replit tweeted it a couple of months ago. But one of the pages I really liked was um, they said, you know, we think about strategy over 30 years and like where do we want to be in the long term? And then we use that to plan the next six months. Um, and that's kind of the way Superbase operates as well. So our like, we don't have a very fixed roadmap for like 12 months, 18 months, 24 months. That's kind of flexible. We want to make sure that every three months we're reassessing, um, you know, what basically what people are asking for. But we have a really clear picture of where we want to be. Um, and so what I can promise is um, we're going to keep doing these launch weeks every three months and every single product is going to receive a facelift. So everything is just constantly under um, intense development. Uh, everything from auth to storage to the database to environment management. Um, and I also just don't want to give away the big launches we've got planned for launch week seven in uh, the first week of April. So <laughs> yeah. this is this is me dodging the question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Keep the surprise. Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. So it's, that's really the focus is like, <laughs> and when you say the 30 years, like, is there some like big vision for Superbase that you kind of have? Um, yeah. I mean, we always talk about like, what's the, what's the end state database look like, you know, um, what, what's, what's the capabilities of like the ultimate database. And it's some blend of, you know, like it should be able to do your analy analytical workflows and your transactional workflows um, you should be able to store like your um, like manipulate your data within the database without having to pull it all out and um, involve these other systems. So there's lots of things that we want it to be. I think the general waves that we're riding at the moment is just like Postgres itself. Like I said, it's just under such intense development and it's sort of emerging as as the favorite database at the moment. Um, and also this migration from much larger companies of moving off the likes of Oracle. Like they've realized that they don't need to spend 10 million a year on some like Oracle fleet. They can actually just run Postgres. I think Oracle are like challenging this by also rolling out Postgres. Um, <laughs> but it just reinforces the trend of like, that's where the industry is, is, is moving towards and that's where we want to be. Um, so if we could some, someday be like, the kind open source oracle of the world, it would be a, a good place to be, I think. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That sounds that sounds great. And uh and then hopefully less like sailing boats or I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, great. Thank you so much, Anne. Um right, we have some I'm conscious of your time, but we have some quick fire questions from Twitter. Um some of these are very big questions, so we might have to do like the kind of short answers. Yeah. But Nick, Nick asked, um, Nick Smet asked, you would love to know about the struggles that came with scaling Superbase. The biggest unknown is building a solid team, leading, making decisions, all that kind of stuff. So a pretty, pretty big question. Um, but yeah, the, the one that came to mind actually is, um, and maybe it's because we're facing it at the moment, but hiring non-technical people. So for the first, basically the first 50 hires at Superbase have been developers. We have, you know, developers running marketing, developers running the people team, whatever. Um, and I've realized that it's actually quite different to be able to identify 
uh, non-technical people, or at least because my background's technical and Coppola's background is very technical as well. Um, and so we are currently hiring for more marketing people. Um, so if anyone is inter- interested in marketing for DevTools, I think you're, uh, this is the right place to talk about it. Um, that's what we're looking for. So, but that's been one of the challenges is, is, is thinking like, what does good look like for marketing? What does good look like for the people team? What does good look like for the finance team? That's something we've just had to learn as we have gone along. Yeah, that's uh that's a really good point. And yeah, good good opportune moment to uh mention if anyone's listening. <laughs> Great place to work. Um, it seems. <laughs> um John Curtis asked, What when does the new ten dollar tier um launch? And when is Static Site <laughs> hosting launch? And who makes the best memes? Uh we've already covered that one a little bit. Yeah, no, the, it's an interesting one and it's something I missed out when I talked about the vision actually is we, it's clear that you can offer dedicated Postgres um, for much cheaper than it's available for today, basically. So that's something we do think we can do in the medium term. Um, and maybe it won't be like a $10 fixed plan, but maybe it'll be like you just pay for it um, for whatever you use. So if you only use it for, you know, 10 hours a month, then you should only pay for 10 hours a month and it should be always available and waiting for requests. So hopefully quite soon. Amazing. Amazing. Um, and Joe Roddy asked um, that he would be interested to hear what separates um, uh, Superbase from other su- uh, databases as a service like Firebase and Hasura, apart from being OSS. And why should I use Superbase over Firebase if I'm not concerned with being open source? Yeah, I mean, the the main thing against Firebase is that it's SQL-based and it's Postgres, it's not NoSQL. Um, people tell me they like it because it's not Google. I won't say that, but <laughs> I think it's okay to repeat that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then against other databases, honestly, like all of the these new uh, database startups are all incredible. Um, and I think everyone should just give them all a chance um, experience the merits and the failures of each. Um, and w- it's one thing, like, and also with Firebase, like, we love Firebase. We started Superbase because we got a lot of inspiration from Firebase. Um, so I would never say to anyone, don't go and use Firebase. I think that all, all of these options are way better than what we had 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, And the final question, one that you're probably going to like, Krishna asked, is Ant a Liverpool fan? (laughs) (laughs) I am. And and the the day of this recording is the day after we just beat Man U 7-0 at Anfield. So that's why I might seem a little bit chirpier than than normal today. (laughs) Good day to get you on. Okay. Amazing, amazing. Um, and so, sorry, one more final thing is that we've started asking people um, the TLDR, TLDL of uh, of this. So if you were speaking to another founder, DevTools uh, person, what would be your biggest takeaway that you've learned from Superbase? I think iterate on the messaging and not just the product. Um, product iteration is very important and it's way easier to market good products. Um, but just experiment with the messaging 
and where you pitch it, who you pitch it to, um, it's equally as important. Amazing. And where can people learn more about Superbase and about yourself? Yeah, so we're on superbase.com, um, Superbase on Twitter. I'm Ant Wilson on Twitter. Um, and we're quite active on there. So we'll always try and respond if you've got feedback or ideas for the product. Amazing. And if someone is interested in joining Superbase, how do they reach out to you? Uh, either on Twitter um, directly or Superbase Careers on Google should show you the list of, of current roles. Um, and as I said, we do currently have a marketing role up there, which might be good for, the, for your listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and thanks so much for joining. This was really, really cool. Um, and I learned a lot. So thank you so much. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And and to anyone who's made it this far in the podcast, uh, they should g- give you guys some love on Twitter as well. And we can get in there and retweet it and uh, share it with share it with some more like-minded folk. Thanks, Ad. Really appreciate it. <laughs>